Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Welcome to Forgotten Popcorn, a podcast all about movies that should not be forgotten. I'm Luke, and I'm going to be talking about movies, actors, filmmakers, giving you some behind-the-scenes info and trivia, and maybe just remind you of a movie that may have slipped your mind. I hope you will join me on this epic journey. If you're on Instagram, please check out my account, at Forgotten Popcorn, and message me if there is a movie you would like me to talk about. Where you're going, take off your shoes and your socks, then you walk around on the rug barefoot and make fists with your toes. Fists with your toes. <laughs> Die Hard. I know it won't be forgotten, but I have to talk about this movie. It's my second favourite movie of all time, after Big Trouble in Little China. Check out my other podcast, It's All in the Reflexes, where I just talk about that movie. I also run a fan page on Instagram, at Bigger Trouble in Little China. So Die Hard is the greatest action movie of all time, and a Christmas movie. Yes, it's a Christmas movie, it takes place on Christmas Eve, case closed. Message me at Forgotten Popcorn on Instagram if you disagree. But it is a Christmas movie. The McLean Americans all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. It's Gary Cooper, asshole. Enough jokes. So on Christmas Eve, New York City police detective John McLean arrives in Los Angeles, hoping to fix problems with his wife Holly at a party held by her employer at Nokatami Plaza. Bad guys turn up, crash the party, and John has to save the day. I'm not going to go for the plot of this movie. Everyone's seen it. I'm just going to give you some behind-the-scenes info and trivia. No one kills him but me. The development of Die Hard began in 1987. It's an, an adaptation of the 1978 novel Nothing Lasts Forever, written by former police officer Roderick Thorpe. Thorpe had been inspired to write Nothing Lasts Forever by a dream he had in which armed assailants chased him through a building after watching the 1974 disaster film The Tower in Inferno. This was a sequel to a previous book called The Detective which came out in 1966 and was adapted into a film The Detective starring Frank Sinatra in 1968 and um, they also at the same time purchased the rights for Nothing Lasts Forever before it had even been written so when it became time to make Die Hard they had to offer it to Frank Sinatra first and he turned it down saying that he was too old and too rich to do this movie the main differences between the book and the movie is that in the book the character Jodie Land which becomes John McClane is visiting his daughter, not his wife and it is actual terrorist attack rather than um, posing as terrorists to rob the vault in the, in the book the love interest is the flight attendant from the air, the flight into LA <laughs> The film was pitched as Rambo in an office building, referring to the successful Rambo film series. Producers Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver hired director John Materian because of his work with them on the successful 1987 film Predator. Materian agreed to direct on the condition that the film would have some joy and not simply contain mean and nasty acts seen in other terrorist films. And 
he didn't want the villains to be terrorists. He he wanted you to, them to be more likable, and so that's why it made it more sort of about politics. Made it more about just making them want money. God, that man looks really pissed. He's still alive. What? Only John can drive somebody that crazy. The film was written by Jeb Stewart. He, he has also written The Fugitive and Lock Up. He was trouble, having trouble finding sort of the heart of the movie. So after he had had a, an argument with his wife and um, just got in the car and started driving away, he um, kind of realised that he was wrong and and that would make a good plot for Die Hard as John McClane's character needed to go home, needed to rekindle his with his wife maybe there are bigger bigger problems in the world so he he went home and, and wrote the first 35 pages and drawed on his own relationships about divorces and um, spouse returning to their maiden name in the script it, it was initially changed the name to the character was John Ford but the 20th Century Fox changed that because of the famous director and um, so they chose Stuart chose McLean as a good, strong Scottish name. The Nakatomi Plaza is the is actually um, the 20th Century Fox headquarters, but it was actually unfinished, so they charged themselves rent to use it. Um, you can actually see this building in um, Bruce Willis's first movie, Blind Day, in 1987. If you when there's scene from David's office window you can see the the, the the building in the outside Mrs. McLean how nice to make your acquaintance Bruce Willis received an unheard of at the time five billion pound fee which was approved by Fox president Rupert Murdoch but he wasn't even the second or even third choice for the role after Sinatra turned it down um, East, Clint Eastwood turned it down as well and Sylvester Sloan, Al Pacino, Tom Berenger, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Richard Gere, Burt Reynolds were all apparently considered or turned down the role before it was offered to Bruce Willis. Willis took the role after he was turned down for the turned down by Robert De Niro to play opposite him in um, Midnight Run. At the time the movie was released they even took Bruce Willis's face off the um, poster or didn't put it on the poster because they didn't want non-Willis's fans not to see the movie. But after the film became a success, they um, added him into the uh, back onto the uh, poster. The character of John McClane in the script is a tough-as-nails New York cop. But John Tyrion and Bruce Willis didn't really have the character sorted out until about halfway through the shooting that he was a guy who didn't much like himself very much but who was trying to do the best he could there's a little moment when John McClane and his wife are arguing at the beginning of the movie and uh, and McClane sort of bangs his head against the door frame that was a reshoot they added that in later on once they figured out the character Bruce Willis came up with a the Yippee Kaye catchphrase. He made that line up on the 
to make the crew laugh while messing about on set, never thinking that it would come be kept in the film. The filmmakers had been looking for a way for Hans Gruber and John McClane to meet um, prior to the, the climax of the movie. And after hearing Alan Rickman do an American accent, they came up with it, the idea of him being um, pretending to be a hostage. And when they filmed that scene, Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman did it unrehearsed just to make a feeling of spontaneity between the two actors. This might be hard to believe this was actually Alan Rickman's first film. Before this he'd been known for stage and TV work in the UK um, but this was his debut and um, he was 41 years old and ended up playing the greatest screen villain of all time. In the spring of 1987, Joe Silver and John McTiernan attended a performance of the play Dangerous Lesions with Alan Whitman and that's when they realised they had Hans, Hans Gruber, they had found their Hans Gruber. Alan Whitman had almost passed on the role. When he arrived in um, Hollywood, he he didn't like the, his first role to be a villain. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the film, from the, at the last shot of the movie when he falls from the building, the, the look on his face is actually real because he's, he's just falling in about 20, 20 foot. But um, the stuntman was holding him, was going to count him down to three, and on three they would drop, but they let him go on two. Originally, Hans Gruber was to wear sort of terrorist gear, but Anna Rickman's had an idea saying dressed him in a suit, which came, which came in handy later on when they added the scene of him pretending to be a hostage. While filming, Anna Rickman kept um, flinching every time he shot a gun or there was gunfire. So had to kind of cut around his face, um, but you can see him winching if you look closely when he shoots um, Takagi. Nice suit, John Phillips, London. I have two myself. Rumor has it Arafat buys his there. The centerfold that John McClane sees and uses as reference while he's navigating his way around the elevator shaft. To the event is of um, Playboy Playmate Pamela Sturt, November 1987. Another P Playboy Playmate, May 1982 star Kim Mullane, had a small role as a hostage when the hostages are taken by the terrorists and they're having sex in one of the, the rooms. And there is another one actually as well uh, from 1988, Playmate of the Month. Uh, Terry Lynn Doss plays the woman at the airport who runs past McLean and just hugs the arriving passenger and John McLean just sort of looks at her. Die Hard doesn't translate very well into other other countries, so they had to change the name they had to change the name. So in Czech Republic it was called Lethal Trap and in Norway it was called Action Skyscraper. In Poland the Glass Trap and in Russia Hard nut. Okay, one last bit of trivia about this movie. Big Trouble in China is my favourite film of all time. And in this film, Audi Long, who is um, one of the terrorists, is also in big trouble. He is the uh, terrorist that uh, takes the Crunchy Bar and the Mars Bar just before the SWAT team team shootout. He felt that was his idea, and he felt it would add some comic relief. But he made sure he asked the director for permission, claiming that he didn't want to be didn't want to get yelled at from taking food. So, 
that was Die Hard. My second favourite movie of all time. I hope you enjoyed some of these behind-the-scenes info and trivia, and that you'll join me on the next episode of Forgotten Popcorn. If you have a movie that you'd like me to talk about, please contact me through my Instagram page at Forgotten Popcorn. Thanks for listening. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. I know what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs>